We're still on this series. We're still on this series entitled Momentum. Momentum. Upward, forward, onward. It's a wealth building series that we've been teaching. And man, it has been challenging. I've began to see growth in the five messages that we've been talking about it. Amen. We've had testimonies on Sunday mornings at 8.30. You all are invited. We have um, um, a, a budgeting and business class that is a free uh, class, no charge, budgeting and business. And is it worth it, Minister Ingrid? Amen. Amen. Is it worth it, Dr. King? Amen. Hallelujah. It has been a blessing. So if you're looking, is it worth it done? Amen. If you're looking to grow a business or to, to learn how to manage your money, invest your money, make your money work for you. Dr. Scott blessed me this morning when um, after the class, he shook my hand and he told me this, Pastor Robinson, just looked at me, he said, money need a master. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So I'll be like on the movie life. I'll be the pastor. Amen. Glory to God. I'm, I'm master money. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. As I told you, I've never dedicated Minister Ursula to all of the years that you've been a part of Heavenly Hope and all of the years that I've been pastor of Heavenly Hope. I've never de dedicated an entire series to building wealth or to wealth in general. I've never done it. I've never spent my time talking about it because I didn't want to be viewed as the pastor that was talking about money like he was begging for it. Amen. So those insecurities has helped cripple the body that I'm called to pastor over because you can never walk in. Amen. What you won't teach on. Amen. So if I don't teach on it, then you can't walk in it. Amen. Glory to God. I'm believing that this series is going to produce business owners. It is going to better credit reports. It is going to pay off houses. It is going to pay off car notes. It is going to detangle finances. It is going to produce investors. It is going to do all of that right here in this ministry. Come on, y'all believe it with me. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's one thing to teach a message about having wealth or receiving wealth. And all we talk about are the spiritual implications of giving, tithing, giving, tithing and giving and tithing are so very important. Because if you take that element out of it, then you have shut heaven off from you. Amen. So it's very important. But we're not just talking about giving and tithing, but we're also talking about practical steps to build wealth. Somebody say build it. Listen to me very clearly. If you're waiting on somebody to come in and, and, and change your financial situation, if you're waiting on somebody to come in and rescue you from your financial situation, then you will be waiting because nobody's coming. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to have to build this. There's an anointing on my life to build it. There's the power in my life to build it. There's the blessing on my life to build it. But I'm going to have to build it. Amen. Glory to God. My kids need me to build it. My grandkids need me to build it. My great-grandkids need me to build it. Generations from now need me to build it. My church need me to build it. My community need me to build it. But I'm going to have to build it. Amen. So we've been teaching on these series on this portion, and I want to take about 40 minutes or so to really just break down this subject that we're still on that step of evolution. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But today I want to talk about part six to this message. I want to talk about a Jew in Persia. A Jew in Persia. Before I get started, I got I got to give the disclaimer because I pray that that when we begin to discuss this, that the discussion about a Jew, the term Jew, or the discussion about Persia itself is not offensive to any group of people. 
especially those that are descendants of those particular nations. Amen. Those that are descendants of Persia or Iran and those that are descendants of, of Israel. Amen. Glory to God. I pray that this message isn't offensive when we use those terms because we are trying to paint a picture of what the word showed us. Um, in regard to the, the a Jew being in Persia, what that means as far as working in the marketplace. Somebody say the marketplace. 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 Now, when we represent God, a Jew being representing God, Persia being the marketplace, the place of exchange, the merchant place or the marketplace, the place of business. Amen. That word marketplace is defined as go ahead and write it down. That word marketplace, number one, is defined as the commercial world. It is talking about where you work. It is talking about where they handle business. It is talking about Wall Street. It is talking about the banks. It is talking about Chase Bank. It is talking about your mortgage company. It is talking about your craft, your skill. Amen. Whether you know it or not, you're in the marketplace if you work. Amen. Glory to God. If you have a job, amen, let me tell you something. You need more than your job to build wealth. I'm not talking you into leaving your job, but your job is never designed to produce millionaires or to produce wealthy people or to produce a true state of independence. Amen. The word job, J-O-B, actually just means just over broke. Amen. Glory to God. Just over broke. Amen. It, it, it gives you money, but it's not the thing that's really designed to produce wealth. It's designed to give you seed. And we're going to talk about that later on. But it's not the only stream of income you're supposed to have. You're supposed to take seed from the job and begin to plant it somewhere else that it can also produce income for you as well. And now you have streams with an S. Look at somebody say with an S. With an S, amen, glory to God. I don't need a stream, I need streams. With an S to flow my way, glory to God, that I may represent God in the marketplace. So the first definition for marketplace is, come on, say it loud. The commercial world, it is talking about handling business. The second definition is the rim. I like this, this is from dictionary.com. The rim of business, trade, and economics. The rim of business, trade, and economics. You got it? That's what marketplace is. So when we say a Jew, we're talking about somebody representing God. When we say in Persia, we're talking about a merchant place, a marketplace. We're talking about a rim of business. Somebody say a rim. A rim. Now, let me show you what a rim is. There's the earth rim and there's the spirit rim, Pastor, and we can relate this so we can understand it. There are certain laws that are in the spirit realm that we must obey to be successful in that realm. There are certain laws in the earth realm that we must obey to stay alive in this realm. Glory to God. Somebody say there are laws in that realm. Yes, there are laws in that realm. For instance, there's a law of gravity. You can't see it, but it's there. Amen. You can't feel it, but it's there. And if you don't have respect for it, you'll jump off a building and you won't be here no more. But the law will still be here. Somebody say amen. amen. We've been wondering why we can't build wealth and why I just don't have enough and why I got to rob Peter to pay Paul. It might be because we violate laws that go with the financial rim. And those, the violation of those laws keep us in a negative place. Somebody say amen. Amen. So read that definition back to me. 
Now, I'm not going to try to preach this. I'm going to try to teach this. So I'm going to try to slow it down a little bit so I can break it down. Shelby, I want to break it down right quick. Watch what it says. It says that it is the realm of business, trade, and economics. We spend our time talking about stuff that have nothing to do with what we really want to accomplish. I don't have time to hold conversations about what Kanye saying crazy. Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Then why you ain't say nothing about it? Because I don't have time for it. I'm trying to build something before I leave that my kids' kids will be able to have a head start in life to reign in victory, honor God, but not worry about bills. Somebody say amen. You know how many ideas God give you in your heart about helping people that you can't help because you don't have the seed to do it? Amen. You don't have the resources, all the better women's shelters you could have built and the things you could have done and the way you could have helped families and provided for people and, and, and operated in ministry in a way that will bless people. Do you know how many books God put in you already? Glory to God, our author in the house, amen, of these children books, amen. Amen, glory to God. You know how many books God put in you that the world need but can't get it because you won't write it? Look at somebody and say, I got to build it. I got to build it. And if you're like me, then you come from a background where you don't have a whole lot of history of people building wealth, amen. You don't have a whole lot of history of people owning stuff. We had some testimonies in the class to show up. We started the class this morning, Ms. Devin. We said, we just want some testimonies. And Minister Ingrid, go ahead and raise your hand, Dr. Ingrid Starlin. Amen. Glory to God. She testified and she said, well, this week I started my new job. Glory. Come on, give God some praise for that. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be able to go somewhere where you desire to work. She's worked at some places she didn't want to go to work that day. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. She started her new job and she's working on her book. Amen. Thank God for a bestseller. Amen. Dr. Barbara King, wave your hand. Amen. She testified and she said that I had this one client that I thought he had just walked off and it was past taxi because she owned K&K tax services. Correct. Amen. In Baton Rouge. And she would love your business. Amen. Am I right? Amen. She would love your business. Glory to God. And she said this. She said that I had a client that left. And when the client left, the client never came back. Tax season is uh, supposedly over. Now the client has come back. I received the client in return. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. amen. Give God some praise for that. Amen. Amen. Then we had Kelsey. Go ahead and wave your hand. Amen. Glory to God. Kelsey testified and said, well, this week I got four new clients for websites. Somebody say we get momentum now. It's starting to build up. Amen. We're starting to operate in the realm of business. Amen. But I got to ask this question. I got to ask this question. Does God really expect us as his church or his body to use our gifts and our talents to handle, handle business or to own businesses? Does he really want that? Does he really expect us to get involved in business or are we to sit back and talk about church stuff? Are we to actually get involved in a wealth transfer? Or are we supposed to just meet in a building and talk about Jesus coming back, healing the sick, feeding the poor? I agree the Bible said we should feed the poor. I don't think it should just be with food, though. 
Because if I go under the bridge and I just keep bringing food, then you're just going to keep showing up for food. But if I can build a shelter where I can bring you in and begin to teach these principles about how to build wealth and how to get yourself in position, now you become one of the ones that bring food to the people under the bridge, and you're not just under the bridge no more, so waiting on somebody to bring you food. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory to God. So does God really want the church to get in the marketplace? Because he told me this. He told me that I am to make sure that I don't become unequally yoked with unbelievers. He told me that. He told me to make sure that I separate myself from the defiled thing or the unclean thing. Huh. You hear me, Pastor? So do you want me to get involved? Yes, he want me to get involved because he also told me this. Be in the world. Come on, talk to me, somebody. So you mean to tell me that there's a merchant world that is going on that you're looking to plant me in? That I can infect, affect, and effect it? Somebody say, he want me there. Okay, so let me answer your question. Can I prove it to you in Scripture that God wants you to get involved in business? Can I prove it? Amen. Glory to God. Watch, I'm going to pull it up on the screen so you don't have to turn there unless you got a New Living Translation. But turn to Proverbs 31. You know we like to preach that. Oh, that's the most preached message in a women's conference. The Proverbs 31 lady, a virtuous woman. I'm trying to be a Proverbs 31. I'm not trying, but it's what women say. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I'm trying to be a Proverbs 31 lady. Glory to God. Amen. Let's find out what the Proverbs 31 woman is. Amen. Because first of all, she's not just a woman. She's given a gender to represent the bride of Christ. We never, it's, 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 it's the truth. We didn't know that this was metaphorically and prophetically speaking of the church. That this woman that we're talking about was actually you. The church. So when we read it, I want you to see what the bride of Christ should be doing. You ready? New Living Translation. All right. Proverbs chapter 31. Amen. Glory to God. I cut it off. Amen. Here we go. Amen. Proverbs 31, verse 10. You see it? Say, I see it, Bishop. Watch what it says. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Listen to what it says. It's talking about the bride. It's not talking about somebody that, 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 that you're dating. It's talking about somebody you've committed to. So it's talking about the bride of Christ. Amen. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Watch this. The Lord can trust her. That's her husband, right? Y'all going to stay with me? Amen. Glory to God. Her husband can do what? And watch this. Read that next part. Watch this. We've been looking for blessings so much that we haven't learned how to bless God. That scripture just said, she will greatly enrich his life. How do you enrich God? How do you bless God when he has everything? Then you give him what he don't have, a soul. You give him, how do you do that? You use your gift and your talents in ministry 
to bring souls to him. You use your business to help lives to bring souls to him. Okay, let's go a little bit further. She brings him good and not harm during tax time. Amen. Glory to God. Even when the money is not the best, she still brings him good and not harm. How often? All right, let's go to 13. I'm moving a little slow. Here we go. She finds, I want you to pay attention to that. Watch this, Minister Ursula. She finds wool and flax. How does she get wool and flax? She finds it and busily does what? All right, let me help you out what just happened. You're going to see the progression of the church, the progression of this woman. Watch this, Proverbs 31. Watch this, sweetheart. This is what she did. She's sitting in the house. Her husband can trust her. She's doing good, and she's not just looking cute. Now she realized, I need to get involved in business. But I don't have nothing to get started with. I don't have a business. I don't have a building. I don't have clientele. I don't have machines. I don't have a a bank account. I don't have the capital. I don't have the loan. I don't have any of these things. Stop talking about what you don't have. Look around and find something. She's looking around and saying, I don't have, what do I have? What do I have to get started with? Pastor, I saw you. That that was good. That was good. A cell phone and index card. It don't matter. I don't know what I'm going to do with the index card, but I I, I can make money with an iPhone and index card. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do with the index card, but I know I can because I will use what I. Look at somebody say, use what you have. You got a hammer, use it. Use what you have. So watch what she does. She looks around and she does what with the wool? In fact, she finds it and then she begins to work it. Somebody say work it. Watch verse 14. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. Verse 15, she gets up before dawn. She don't sleep in late. She's not lazy. Can I talk to the church for a second? Don't do all that sleeping. Amen. We can't, we cannot handle business if we spend all of our time dreaming. Look at somebody and say, it's good to have a dream. But at some point, you got to wake up and go to work. You dreamed about it, get up and get started with it. Amen. So watch this. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her. She does not neglect her responsibilities at home. My business has to help my house, not take away from my house. So she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for a servant girl. Watch verse 16. She goes to inspect a what? She's now gotten involved in property investing. I thought the church wasn't supposed to be in, I thought the Jew wasn't supposed to be in Persia. I thought the church was not supposed to be involved in this merchant world, this church world, and I ain't going to get all caught up in that. Glory to God. I'm trying to get us to the point, heavenly hope, I don't know what's coming down the pipeline and what's happening down the line. I don't know what's going on, but your federal government can't be trusted. 
Amen. It can't be trusted. So if you're going to sit back and you're just going to trust that things look good right now and all of a sudden they shut off everything, including your job, then you're going to find yourself in a tight spot because you didn't listen to the one message that didn't move you and make you shout and make you fall out and get, get lit in your hair because you will not listen to the message that God, God don't just give us sermons to give it to us. He's trying to prepare us to equip us so that the world will now come to us for help. So guess what she do? She first find, what do I have, Chris? What can I use? What can I use? What can I get started with? What can I get started with? And then she gets started with that, and she's, all right, she's going. Then she fix food for her family, get up, and she goes out to her. She gives her angels or her servant girl what to do. She tells them what to do. All right, this is what I need. This is what I You need to start releasing it out of your mouth. Amen. And then she, after that, she goes and she starts looking at property. She's trying to buy a field. And watch this. Let's keep going. Y'all getting this? She inspects a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants something else. Listen to what she did. She started off finding stuff, but it built momentum to she's no longer looking for stuff to use no more. She now has something to work with. You see it, First Lady? She started off just working with what she had, and then what she had increased. And she didn't buy a field and retire. She bought a field and planted a vineyard. Let's keep going. Somebody said it's the church. Verse 17. I'm getting ready to go. Come on. Come on. Watch this. She's energetic and strong and a hard worker. She. Somebody said that's me. Make sure her dealings are profitable. I don't get involved in stuff that will not produce profit. Listen, you got to love you enough to say, what am I going to get out of this? It don't mean I got to get some out of everything, but if it's just giving God the glory, then I'm going to need something out of it. I'm not going to get in relationships, and I'm not going to get in businesses, and I'm not going to build friendships with nothing I'm getting. If you friends with somebody and all they do is take from you and drain you and pull from you and leave you depleted, then you are in an unprofitable friendship. Amen. I try to be that type of person for you that when you come around your pastor, you get something from me. I don't care if it's money or if it's advice or if it's wisdom or if it's encouragement or if it's love or if it's support or if it's motivation. You need to get something. Somebody say profit. Her lamp burns late in the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. Verse 20, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Listen to what she's transitioned to now. She's a giver. Glory to God. She's a giver now. She's investing. She's working. She's building. She's giving. Somebody say that's me. She has no fear if the economy going to crash. That's what that fear of the winter household means. In the winter, all the crops and everything went down. She ain't scared of that. I'm trying to get you to the place where you begin to trust the blessing that is on your life and you begin to work to build wealth to the extent that you begin to allow the anointing and the blessing to produce your gift. I mean, to, to, to operate on your gift, to produce wealth in such a, such a way that you ain't worried about if gas prices go up and you ain't worried about if the property value go up and you ain't worried why you've gotten rid of all fear by trusting God. Watch this. For everyone, 
has warm clothes. Verse 22, she makes her own bedspreads. And then watch this next part. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. <laughs> Glory to God. Can I tell you what just happened? She woke up. She started working. Her husband trusted her. All this while he sleep. All this while he gone off into the city. The rest of the scripture said he's, he's respected in the city gates because of her. That we read this whole chapter about what the church is doing, but we never hear what the husband is doing because the, the wife is operating in such a manner that the husband is getting glory from what the wife is doing. If the church would begin to operate in this manner, that God would get the glory from how the church is operating. Cortana Mall is closing. They had a church in Shreveport that just bought the mall. Just bought South Park Mall. Bought the mall, left Burlington and a couple of more places in there to pay for it. Took the whole side of the mall and turned it into a church. Am I right, Kelsey? Cortana's closing. Y'all looking at me like it is. You better go by there and look then. My brother just moved down here. When he moved down here, I said, man, we got another mall. We over there. He said, man, I just pulled up over here. This mall closed. I said, no, man, it ain't closed. It just looked like that. Can I tell you what that mall is waiting on? It's waiting on somebody to buy it. It's waiting on somebody to invest in it. It's waiting on somebody to put businesses in there. It's waiting on somebody to begin to build in it. It's waiting on somebody to break. That's what everybody is waiting on. It's waiting on somebody else to do it. Why not you? Somebody talk to me and say amen. amen. So watch this. After she does all that, Pastor, she don't mind looking good either. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you're supposed to look good too. Amen. Glory to God. I don't, I don't, I don't invest my money and I don't make my money and I don't do all of that minister earth just so I can look good. No, first lady, we like looking good, but we handle business first. We handle business first. Look good last. Amen. It's just that we begin to handle business in such a way that we're looking good all the time now. Glory to God. But it comes from working the steps. I'm not teaching you nothing that I'm not working myself. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory to God. So 23, her husband is well known in the city gates where he sits in the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell. Listen to what she just did say. She took a skill she had to continue. She's spinning wool. She's buying property. She's planting vineyards. She's selling belts. Streams. I'm trying to tell you, God wants you in the marketplace. He wants you there. Amen. He's planting you there. Streams. Somebody say streams. Streams to sell to the merchants. Not only that, she begins to realize. This is why she, why you start selling belts. I realized people were landing on the porch and they didn't have belts. So when I saw a market, I saw an opportunity. Glory to God. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She lasts without fear of the future. She lasts without fear of the future. So now let's begin to go over our confession that we've been saying this entire series. Declare it out loud with me now. I am a wealth magnet. I believe it. I receive it. I think like it. I speak like it. I act like it. I have more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Write this down somewhere. Write this down. It's not going to be on the screen. Write it real quick. Write it real quick. When I, practice prop, when I practice good money principles, more money show up. 
when I practice good money principles, more money show up. You want me to give you the scripture for that? Go on, write it down. Write it down. When I practice good money principles, more money show up. Bishop, where are all my money going? I don't have none. I'm broke. Amen. Improper principles produce poverty. You got to get to the place where you hate being broke. You cannot be all right with being broke. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. The curse included spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. Somebody say, I'm redeemed from it. Shelby, I got to get to the place where I begin to see poverty as devilish as sin and sickness. I can't just want to move out the neighborhood. I got to want to do something in the neighborhood to impact it. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I told you to write it down. What did I tell you to write down? More money show up. Write down the scripture. That's Luke 16 and 11. I'll quote it for you. This is what it says. If you have not been faithful with the unrighteous man, man, who will commit into your trust true riches? Who's going to trust you with more and you hadn't done anything with what you have? Before we got to the end of that scripture, that Proverbs 31 woman where she was selling belts and, and wearing nice clothes and planting vineyards and buying fields, she was first finding stuff to use. Amen. You got to start somewhere. Amen. You just got to get started. You got to start somewhere. This helping you, Minister Ingrid? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So the steps to wealth building, let's see if you've been paying attention for this series. The first step to building wealth is? confidence. That's the first step. I got to believe in me. The second step to building wealth is discipline. I got to stop spending every dime I get. We were in that, we were in our business and budgeting class. And as we were in our business and budgeting class, we began to talk about scaling back for a goal that we all doing as a class. And we began to say that we can, can we shut it down? And Don began to talk about, he said, man, I've been packing lunch. I've been bringing my lunch. I've been doing that. I've been cutting. Because you realize that you begin to eat majority of your seed. You can't buy the field to plant the vineyard to wear the purple clothes because you eat all of it. I'm going to say that again. You can't buy the field to plant the vineyard to wear the purple clothes because you keep eating all your money. Or you skip the steps and you want to buy the purple clothes, eat the food, and then wonder why you can't buy the field. We were in Shreveport this past weekend, and my wife didn't bring her shoes, her tennis shoes, and it started raining, so we had to go buy her some. Okay, we, we have that in the budget. It's not going to break us. Let's go buy some. And we bought us some, some nice shoes. And I was looking at some shoes. I said, I'm not buying no shoes. Not after my wife just bust my bubble about shoes the other day. Amen. Y'all remember me telling you that testimony? My wife said, you want to know you have money for investments? She said, go in there and look at your shoe rack. You're going to realize that you have thousands of dollars in shoes. I argue with that. I said, I don't have no thousands of dollars in shoes in no year, no year and a half. I don't have that. You got the wrong one. I don't have no thousands of dollars. I went in there and began to add up the shoes. I had over $5,000 worth of shoes. What am I doing buying all these shoes? I'm buying purple linen before I buy the vineyard. Let the vineyard play for the linen. Somebody say amen. 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 This is a wealthy church. It's all right if I got to drive a car that just, just can get me to point A to point B right now. That's fine. 
I ain't got no problem with that, but I'm doing that so I can get to the place of having a reliable vehicle that'll get me across the earth, I mean, across the world if I need to drive across the U.S. But I got to do what I got to do. It's discipline. The next step after discipline is evolution. And that's where we are right now. We're still on that step of evolution. We're still on, you have to evolve. One of the points we made, Pastor, in our last message was this, that I cannot become what I dream to be and remain what I am. That is awesome. I have to evolve. I have to evolve. There go another business owner right there, Dr. Scott. Hey, man, what's your business, Pastor Robinson? Rob's Lawn Care. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Team Robinson Lawn Care. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. A ministry of business owner, a ministry of wealth building, a ministry of invest. All of us ain't going to leave our job. I don't want everybody to leave your job. Amen. I want some of you to be planted where you are, but I want you to use your money to plant vineyards as well. Wouldn't it be all right for you to go to work and you know that the money that you're getting from work is nothing but money you putting in the bank because your investments pay your bills? Amen. It's one thing to go to work because you want to. It's another thing to go to work because you got to. Somebody say amen. You won't be stressed out as much. You'll leave that stuff at work. Man, I ain't finna bring this home with me. Been never stressed out about this. I don't need this money. I'm all right right now. Amen. Glory to God. That's the courage and the confidence that comes with evolution. You have to say it with me. You have to evolve. The step of evolution is when you become so consumed that you begin to feed yourself with knowledge that causes you to grow, change, and develop. You just begin to read. You begin to, Minister Ingrid blessed me the other day when we were talking, and I, she was saying, she said, this is blessing me, Bishop, this series is blessing me. And, and Chris blessed me the other day. He sent me a video of some property investment, of a property investment uh, podcast. Hey, man, I should listen to it. I had never heard of them. I had been listening to some other podcasts. Hey, Amen. And they blessed me because they're starting to listen to this stuff throughout the day. She said on her lunch break, she's sitting there on YouTube looking at videos on how to market the children's book. Why? Because she's an author of a children's book, and I need to evolve, evolve into the author. I can't remain the ingrid that I am and be a bestseller. Glory to God. I got to start looking like it and acting like it. Pastor Otis, Doc Otis, uh, Pop told me yesterday, um, he said, uh, he came and put my arm on, we was at the network meeting, and he put, my arm on, put his arm on my shoulder. He said, son, so I got to say, this new look you got is really becoming of you. What he was saying in so many words, you're changing. And then this is what Nana told me, amen. This was just one that told me. She said, tell him he just grew all up on me. I see him all grown now. Amen, glory. You know what had to happen? I had to get rid of childish Johnny, playful Johnny, insecure Johnny. Johnny that had so many insecurities that he will buy stuff just to impress you to make you think that he looked like so he can look like he's successful. I had to get rid of him and become real with Johnny first. I had to evolve first. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here's the point I want you to write down. My time, my time. Ooh, my time went fast. Amen. Glory to God. I cannot afford to allow my desire to control my need. So let me tell on Minister Ingrid right quick. We're in the back class and we were in the itemization class where we're itemizing now because we got to detangle our money. 
Chris, I wish, Tim, we ain't got no whole bunch of cards back there all tangled up. Amen. In that room or nothing, whole bunch of cards out to my all tangled up. It just tangled up. Amen. Glory to God. We ain't got none. Amen. Tangle some cards up for me right quick. Amen. Glory to God. Tangle them up for me. Tangle them up as good as you can. Amen. A bunch of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I cannot afford to allow my desire to control my need. So, Minister Ingrid, we back there with the itemization, and we, you bring all your receipts for the week. We, we work in a system, a primitive system, but we work in one. And, and she's there, and she said, well, I already wrote down all the numbers. I'm telling on you, Minister Ingrid. I wrote down all the numbers, but I didn't write down the dates, Bishop. Do I have to write down the dates, or can I just put these numbers in? I said, do you have the receipts? She said, yeah. I said, well, I need the dates then. Say, okay, I said, this is what we're doing. We're building wealth. The reason why I want you to do it this way, I want to drive out of you that thing in you, that little thing in you that make you look for shortcuts. I want to get rid of that right there. I want to get rid of that. It's too hard. It takes too long. I can't do it. No, if you're going to build wealth, you're going to have to get rid of the shortcuts. You're going to have to get rid of that desire to take the easy way out all the time and to lie on your taxes and all that other stuff. Got to go. Y'all didn't want me. I, I get talking about your taxes and you got quiet. Don't nobody know as you if you just look straight and say Amen. Amen. Pastor Robinson, amen. I want you, Miss Deborah, come on, stand up with your husband. Amen. Look at them. They look so nice together. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand up there with your husband. And this is what I want you to do, Miss Deborah. I want y'all to slow dance right quick. Glory to God. I seriously do. Y'all slow dance right quick. All right. So y'all slow dance. Don, come up. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to stand over here. Amen. I want you, I want you to stand right there and just, 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 yeah. come, come, come in the area. Come talk to Don. I want you to talk to Don. Glory to God. Amen. Y'all just holding the conversation. Amen. Glory to God. And Chris, come on over here. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I want you to untangle this. Amen. Right here. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now, this is what it's going to feel like when you're detangling your money. Amen. You spend all your time over here working on this where everybody else look like they're having the time of their life. They're going out to eat. They're driving certain things. They're taking trips. They're posting pictures. They're enjoying. And you just got to sit there and be patient and untangle it. Nope. You can't go slow dancing. You can't go to Jubins. You can't go out to eat. You can't go on the trips yet. Your money tangled up. Be patient because if you do, if you just work it, everybody else is going to feel like everybody else having fun and enjoying their life. And you just got to sit there and keep budgeting. And now you got to eat and you're wondering why you eating spaghetti three times a week. Because I'm trying to get to the place where I can untangle my money and buy a vineyard and buy a field and plant a vineyard. I'm just eating like this for right now. I'm not going to eat like this for all my life, but I got to untangle my money first. So let them slow dance and let them uh, mingle in and let them go out to eat after church and let everybody else have fun and let them buy new cars right now. Right now. It's fine. I'm not hating on it. I'm just untangling. Stop, Chris. That's good. Stop. That's good. Why'd you tangle it back up? That's why you can't take the shortcut. You ain't try to tangle it back up, did you? Because if you take the shortcut, you won't know how, what it takes to untangle it and stay untangled. 
you'll get yourself back in debt. Listen, you still broke if you make $10,000 a month. You still broke if your bills are 11000 You still broke. More money don't necessarily mean bigger house right now. I almost kicked this over just then. He untangled it and then tangled it back up. Get out. How many of us have done that? We've gotten ahead financially only to get back in bondage again. You know what happened? He can't do it because he's rushing to get over there where everybody having fun. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, slow down. Take your time. Work your budget. And untangle your money. Give God some praise. Thank you, Chris. Read that point back to me again. I'm not, Dr. Honor Ray, I'm not going to always have the desire to read. I'm not going to, first lady, I'm not going to always feel like doing it. But I need to. I need to be in the book. I need to be on YouTube. I need to be researching. I need to be reaching out to clients. I'm not going to always feel like it, but my desire can't control my need. I need this. Somebody shout, I need to evolve. Wanting more money cannot be the biggest thing in your life right now. There's a survey that says, there's, there's an analytical survey that says this, that, 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 that statistics say, there we go, statistics say that people that go into money, go into business for money, find themselves out of business. And we thought that was the number one reason we should go in business. No, the number one reason we should go in business is purpose and then passion. It is God wanted me to do something, and then it's me enjoying it. My daughter's my daughter's graduating uh, from HBI. She's gonna have a doctorate degree in biblical psychology. She's gonna have a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree in psychology from Southern University. She's gonna have all that. It's a plan we're working for her to build wealth. Amen. She's gonna have that. She's gonna have that. Glory to God. And then somebody told her and said, Why would you go in the psychology field when psychologists don't make that much money in Louisiana? There's not a market for it because it's something I wanna do, not something I have to. It's my purpose and my passion. They don't make a lot of money. Then fine, I'll make other stuff make them more money then. I'll buy a field, plant a vineyard, so I can wear purple clothes. Amen. Somebody, talk to me. Amen. Amen. It might, not be, it might not be the place for psychologists to make a whole lot of money, but I'll tell you what, it's an investor. It's a property investor's paradise. Glory to God. Am, am I right, contractor? Amen. Glory to God. He just told me about a house in Baker. We're going to go look at it when we leave here. Amen. Glory to God. Told me about a house in Baker. It was two acres of land, right? Amen. $40,000. Amen. Two, two acres of land, house, everything. $40,000. Amen. Two bedroom, two bad. Three bedroom, two bad. $40,000. Amen. Bye. He said, well, it flooded in Baker. Amen. This had how many inches? Four inches of water. But the house may appraise for 
175, 125. So I make $100,000 off the purchase. I just buy the house and I'm $100,000 in the front. Buy a field, plant a vineyard, wear the clothes. Am I helping? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So watch it, watch it, watch it. Luke 7 and 31. I got to go. I'm way over my time. I'm glad this has blessed you. Ooh, this has been good to me. A Jew in Persia. Am I supposed to get involved in business? Yes. I don't speak that well. Great. Then don't be the one doing the talking. Until you evolve. Amen. By the way, if you need flooring needs, anybody you know need flooring needs, we have a flooring specialist. Amen. Perfect Squares Flooring, the CEO of Perfect Squares Flooring is right here, and he will love your business. Amen. Amen. We're online, so every, periodically throughout the message, I'm doing commercials. They call that paying the bills, right? Can I do it? You need an electrician? Amen. Got a contract over here. I'm sure if he's not the one to do it, he got somebody he's connected to it. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You need the yard cut too? Lawn man. You got somebody? Amen. Glory to God. Backup is fine. Amen. Glory to God. Do y'all see how it's working now? Amen. If you don't talk about your business, nobody ain't going to know about your business. How do you say it? If you don't handle your business, your business won't get handled. If you don't handle it, amen. Glory to God. You got Luke chapter 7? What's the point we on? Oh, we on point number two. I apologize. I'm moving a bit fast. Amen. Point number two is this. Point number two is this. My desire to know has to be bigger than my desire to show. Your time to shine coming if you work the steps. I'm compulsive in some areas. When I was on All Stars, Chuck Taylor's, I was getting every color I could find. Then I was on Harachis, Mackie Harachis. And I was getting all the ones, the, the exotic, unique ones. I was getting them. And I was on hats. I had 50-something hats. I just like hats. And bow ties and ties, dress shoes. Some areas I'm compulsive. So all of that energy of being compulsive has now transferred. I find myself looking at properties now because I want them. The same way, what would happen if that energy that bought 50-something hats on 50-something different lots? This is a wealthy ministry. We'll drive it out. We'll drive the, the mindset of poverty, the mindset of lack out. Read that point back to me. In Luke 7, verse 31, I'll teach this part. And the Lord said, whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? I need to compare this generation to something. Say, so what are they like? Verse 32. Read it. And it reads. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, calling one unto another. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Listen to what he said. What can I compare this generation to? First of all, they are like kids playing in the marketplace. You hear me, Miss Cheryl? 
You remember what the marketplace was? You had the definition wrote down. That second definition for marketplace is? Is the realm of business trade is where you handle business at. He said, how can I compare this generation? What, sh what shall I compare this generation to? He said, this is what you compare Chris to. He's like a kid that's playing in a place of business. And why he think everything, and why Shelby thinks, and why, why Cedric thinks, and why Johnny thinks, and why Lloyd thinks, and why, why the church has been thinking that it's time to play. Business has been conducted over their heads. We have no knowledge of it because we want to play. And they're calling to their friends, come play with us. And that's all we've been doing is just playing around in life. And business has been conducted over our heads because we don't know. Children are playing while others are conducting business. So, Genesis 41 and 4, you don't have to turn there, write it down. Genesis 41 and 4, turn there real quick. I mean, write it down real quick, write it down. This is what it means. We all know the story of Joseph. Am I right, Dr. Honoré? We know the story of Joseph and how he had a coat of many colors and how he was stripped of that coat, Minister Ingrid, and, and then his brothers hated on him. And first lady, did they hate on him? They put him in the pit, and then he was brought out of the pit, and he was put on the plantation. Then in the plantation, his, uh, his uh, Potiphar's wife lied on him, wanted to lay with him. He ran off and left the coat. Do you know how hard it was for him to leave that? There are going to be some things you're going to have to escape from and evolve out of that's going to be hard to leave. But he left it. Still found himself in prison. When he got in prison, he rose to the top. The chief butler, the chief baker, they all came to him for dreams and interpretation. And then they got out of jail and they forgot about him. And then one day, Pharaoh had a dream he couldn't interpret. None of his magicians could interpret. None of his soothsayers could interpret. Nobody could fix the problem. And then the guy said, I know a guy that do floors. In the midst of somebody else having a problem, see, you don't know who you're meeting. At Circle K. I know somebody that do taxes. I know somebody that do websites. I know a photographer. I know somebody that does lung care. I know a counselor. And watch what happens. In chapter 41, verse 4, this is what it says, Chris. And Pharaoh called for Joseph. And Joseph changed his garments and shaved himself. That's important right there. He shaved himself. Shaving himself is important, said because it was a part of his Hebrew culture. It was a part of his Jewish culture. It was a part of his Israeli culture to grow his beard. But on the other side, the Egyptians, they didn't grow their beards. It was their culture to shave it. Slaves grew beards in Egypt. But in, in Israel, the Hebrew in Canaan, the children of Israel grew beards as an honor. But when Pharaoh called for him, he wasn't so connected to his beard that he couldn't shave it. Y'all don't want to evolve. 
You don't want to evolve. I'm going to find whatever that thing is that you grew up with that was a part of your culture and your household that you hadn't been willing to depart from, but it's been the one thing that's been keeping you from promotions and from raises and from businesses and from customers and from clientele and from opportunity because you won't shave it. You're going to evolve. You're going to have to evolve. You're going to have to. I'm not used to wearing dressing up like that. Well, you're going to have to dress up sometimes. Pants on your way, shirt tucked in. Glory to God. You're going to have to. You're going to be. You're going to be in some meetings. You're going to have to look like it. My wife told me, she said, well, one day we were going to work. We were going to Chase Bank to, to look at some investment opportunities. And she, uh, she said, what you wearing tomorrow? And I said, I'm going to wear jeans. She was like, well. I'm going to wear jeans, too. And I said, uh, what we got tomorrow? She said, we, we got that meeting with uh, the, the, the banker at uh, Chase. I said, I can't wear jeans. I can't wear jeans. It's my rule that when I go to handle business at the bank, I dress up for it. You know what Joseph was in there doing? I don't know how this is going to work out, but I bet you I'm going to be ready. That's what the evolution is for. That's why I read books, and that's why I don't sit there and just watch Real Housewives of Atlanta all day. And that's why I don't give all my time to foolishness. I don't have no problem with you watching whatever you watch. It can't be all you do. Evolve. Amen. So our last scripture, write it down, is Esther chapter 2. Verse 5 through 17. Bishop, I don't speak well. There's no excuse for this generation in this day and time. You have everything you need on your smartphone. Let me help you out. Don't let your phone be smarter than you. Somebody with a brain had to build the phone. Somebody with a brain had to program the software. You might not know all those details, but you ought to be smart enough to use your phone. I don't know what to do on it. Then start, re they give us manuals. You too, find out. And you look at it, and you learn how, and you watch videos on speaking better. You don't even have to go to BRCC and take no public speaking or communications class. All you have to do is work on it. Dr. Ingrid Starlin came to me and she needed a confidentiality agreement. I ain't know how to write a confidentiality agreement. I signed a couple of them and I've been around a couple of them, but I knew one thing, I could do it. It's like the index in the iPhone, index cards in the iPhone. I know I could do it. How do you know you can do it? All I gotta do is go online and look at confidentiality agreements and find out what is required. Then I give you a confidentiality agreement. Was it good? Amen. It's good. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for that online. Amen. Evolve. You know what I can add to my resume now that I can do? Glory to God. Amen. That's what I'm talking Evolve. Evolve. So in Esther chapter 2, I gave you verse 5 through what? You don't have to turn there. I'll just tell you what's going on. Esther is a Jewish girl that have been taken captive by Babylon and then the Medes and the Persians. Somebody say Persia. Pastor, she's taken captive. King Xerxes has a wife by the name of Vashti. 
He has a party that's going on. He calls for his wife and say, baby, come in here. Come in here. We're having a good time. We want you to come fellowship with her. And she said, I ain't coming. He said, baby. This is chapter one I'm talking about. Baby, come on. She said, I ain't coming. And did it in front of all his friends. He said, all right, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. Mother, I tell you what, you're not queen no more. Take her, get rid of her. So now he's on the look for another queen. They got all of these candidates. And there's a girl by the name of Esther. She's brought there as a candidate. Somebody say a candidate. Do you know what that means, Miss Cheryl? She looked good enough. She walked good enough. She sound good enough to be considered. Help me, Holy Ghost. She looked good enough. She spoke well enough. She walked good enough. She sound good enough to be considered. But it still don't mean you're going to be chosen. So what the king did, he handed her over to a chamberlain. And the chamberlain's position was to train her. Train her in what? To train her in what the king like. Because Esther, you may look good enough, walk good enough, sound good enough, speak well enough to be considered. But you can't actually become queen until you evolve into what I'm trying to train you in. I'm talking to a church full of people that have been considered, but I want you to evolve. There's a difference in being a candidate and being queen. And the difference is this. Who's going to evolve? Who's going to take $12 out of their mouth from their fast food budget? And go down to Barnes and Noble and find a book on the subject that you're looking to build your business off of or you're looking to get involved in and start reading. I don't like reading that much. You gotta evolve. Let me say it this way, Tim, I'm done. Let me say it this way, first lay. Dr. King, Cam, let me say it this way. Evolve or be broke. Give God some praise. I'll stop right there.